Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Wednesday, June 2nd, 2021. This is Shannon, and today I am with Stacy, Melissa, and Natalia. And we are talking about something very, very delightful. We are talking about books that center around food, and there are so many of them. So I'm going to dive into the housekeeping information. Stacy will start us off, followed by Melissa, then me, and lastly, Natalia. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. I... I'm so excited for this episode. I could have talked about like 75 different books and <laughs> I texted Shannon and I said, this is causing me physical pain to narrow it down. Physical agony. But yet I have chosen three books that I think sort of epitomize what I like to read in a, in a good foodie book. And the first one I'm going to talk about tonight is by the queen of the sort of foodie women's fiction. And that is, <laughs> and that is Barbara O'Neill. She has so many amazing books that I could choose from, but I decided to talk about the all you can dream buffet. Again, that's by Barbara O'Neill. And I love this book so much because it's about four women of dis different generations who come together because they're all food bloggers and they develop this really strong friendship based in a foundation of being foodie and um, a wine connoisseur. This book is about Lavender. She's about to celebrate her 85th birthday. She um, owns and operates a lavender farm and there's honey and farm fresh organic eggs. And so she runs this amazing organic farm in Oregon. And she has invited the foodie four so the other three who are part of her foodie four to come and visit her for her birthday at her lavender farm. And she has sort of an ulterior motive for this. I mean, obviously she's like this very vibrant, strong, wonderful woman, but her ulterior motive is that she needs to try to figure out who to leave her legacy to, who would be the best to run her farm and to preserve the legacy, both of her nephew and of her own legacy with running the farm the way that she wants it to be run and how she wants it to be loved. And then we have Valerie. Valerie is, uh, loves wine and wrote an amazing wine blog, but Valerie's struggling a bit. Her husband and two of her three daughters died in a small plane crash two years ago. And she really hasn't been able to find her feet to find a, her, you know, how to kind of continue. She stopped writing her blog but the foodie four have kind of been there for her and kept her going. And then there's Ruby. Ruby's 25. Ruby's a very vibrant, bubbly, joyful, hopeful young woman who is coming to Lavender in a time of life where she is experiencing a lot of upheaval. She has a vegan food truck and a vegan blog. And she's just everything delightful, trying to kind of figure out what is next for her in her life after her life kind of imploded? And my favorite of the foodie four, well, I love them all, but is Ginny. Ginny is a wife in her 40s. She's a mother to a wonderful adult daughter. Her husband basically 
does everything he can to keep her feeling small. And Ginny has a blog in Kansas that's all about cakes. And she bakes cakes and takes beautiful pictures of her cakes. And Ginny has finally found her courage. And she buys an RV or a trailer and she is going to drive across the country to see Lavender and her friends. She's never been outside of Kansas. And she's going to make this epic road trip to get to the farm. So this book is mainly from the perspective of Ruby, Lavender, and Ginny, and focuses on basically the sort of journeys that they are all on. Um, there's a little bit of romance, but best of all in this book, there is lots, there are lots of descriptions of gorgeous food. Um, Barbara O'Neill always you know, I say she kind of like writes food porn, like in the best possible way. Like she just makes everything sound so delicious. And I like, I want to go out and make like cashew cream and make like a fettuccine with cashew cream right now, but that's not in my wheelhouse. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> this book was really wonderful. Um, and I, I loved how all of these women came together, different generations, you know, just very eclectic and how they've all come together and formed this beautiful, strong friendship with food as the foundation. So if you want to read a good book about discovering yourself, about kind of figuring out who you are, about finding where you fit, and with amazing descriptions of food, I highly encourage you to try The All You Can Dream Buffet by Barbara O'Neill. It's so delicious. I know. Okay, my first book tonight is the book Club Cup book it is a non-fiction book and it has a list of books in each and they have uh, recipes and ideas for their book club meetings um, some of the recipes are like Anna Karenina then they have that book and then they have wild mushrooms on toast uh-huh sounds delectable not um <laughs> next is Ian McEwen's Atonement and that's just bread and butter pudding, which I found very interesting. Oh. Um, I don't think I would make any of these recipes, to be honest, because they just don't, they're not in my wheelhouse. Um, which one is very, is not a surprise to me, was the girl with the dragon tattoo trilogy. And of course they have Swedish meatballs. So I didn't think that was <laughs> that was a different thing. Or <laughs> I mean, come on, Anna. Karenina I feel like that's with, kind of like an obvious choice. Yeah, Anna Karenina with mushrooms on toast or bread and butter pudding. Oh. And there's one book, yeah. The Bee Season. It has chocolate short chocolate chip shortbread cookies. That was the most interesting recipe. Okay. In this book. I could read about that. <laughs> yeah. And this is by Julie Gelman. And I can only find the second edition right now. But apparently there's more editions out there. So it is the book club cookbook. So I'm curious about this. Like they give you kind of the, the recipes that are matched up with certain books, but do they also kind of talk about like, why they they chose to match them or they have and then they they interview they tell you about the book like um age of innocent it tells you everything about it oh my voice over is going crazy okay stop <laughs> um and uh and then they tell you the recipe and then they recommend other recipes so it's not just one recipe and then they have like oh, okay. my book, my book club can kick your book club's butt with with its seafood chowder versus your Swedish meatballs, basically. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so okay. Kind of humorous and creative at the same time. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yep. I like that idea. I've seen like um book and wine pairings i've seen like book and tea pairings yeah so, that's pretty cool <laughs> so my first book tonight is all about the wonders of fried chicken 
And my first like book description tonight has to start with how I told Natalia that she absolutely could not discuss this book because yes, we mine. fought. Yeah, we did we just fought. a little bit. I I let her win. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this is one of my favorite books of 2020. It came out in December of 2020, so just at the end. But it is The Chicken Sisters by K.J. Delantonia. And honestly, when I first heard of this, I thought, like, that's a really weird title. I, I don't think I like it. Then I read it, and I, I totally understood why it's called that. And now I can't really imagine it being called anything else. So this takes place in a little tiny town in Kansas. I'm not sure what the thing is with Kansas and food tonight, but there you go. And in Kansas, there are these two chicken shacks. They are Chicken Mimi's and Chicken Franny's. And they have been feuding for three, like, generations or more. So they started out as, like, sisters that started this restaurant. And then they apparently had a falling out. And so the two sisters like broke off and have had this ongoing conflict about whose chicken is the best. And this is taken a lot further than you would expect for just like competition over a restaurant. So we focus on two sisters. They are May and Amanda. They are both the daughters of the owner of Chicken Mimi's. However, Amanda married a man named Frank who was the son of the family who owned Chicken Franny's. And this turned out to be a terrible thing because as soon as she married Frank, her mother and sister pretty much like disowned her. Like she's not allowed to set foot in Mimi's, like ever. They don't have a relationship now because they say that like she belongs to Franny's. So Chicken Mimi's is really struggling. Like it's kind of dilapidated. Um, the recipes haven't changed in such a long time. Like it's kind of losing its way. While Chicken Franny's has been updated and modernized and they serve you know, extra things aside from chicken. And so in a lot of ways, it kind of looks like Franny's is leading the pack. But Amanda is tired of sort of the feud that's been going on. And she's also not really sure that she wants to spend the rest of her life running a chicken restaurant. Her husband has recently died. She's living with her two children and her mother-in-law. And together they're trying to keep chicken frannies afloat. Amanda writes to a reality TV show known as Food Wars and wants them to feature this sort of feud between Franny's and Mimi's. Only once they arrive, all sorts of things begin to happen because May, Amanda's older sister, also comes back to town to help her mother make sure that Mimi's is the winner of this competition. So there's all sorts of sibling rivalry. There are really deep emotional scars here. Like you, you really understand why it is that these people have taken this feud so, so far and how once it started, it was really hard to stop. Like once you went as far as these people have gone, you can't really take it back. Um, it's one of those books that the stakes are super high and not because like someone's, you know, gonna like get shot or you know a serial killer will go free but they're really high because they're really deeply personal to all of these women and mm -hmm. you feel that through the writing there are fantastic recipes um of chicken there's so much talk about the wonders of fried chicken um, it just made me like want to have some. I love this book so, so much. The author, this is her first novel and it was delightful from start to finish. It's a book that 
I highly recommend pretty much for anyone, regardless of what your normal reading tastes are. It's one of those books that has a little bit of something for everybody. And it is The Chicken Sisters by KJ Delantonia. Well, I love the idea of like feuding restaurant owners who are, you know, have a familial kind of tie and who are trying to kind of one up each other, like in a food wars thing. I think that would be. Um, yes. Well, this is my a favorite very thing about emotional that book. book. Yeah. It is like parts it's of very... it are so sad. So my first book is With the Fire on High by Elizabeth Acevedo. Um, and I felt like we couldn't talk about a book. Or we couldn't have a podcast about foodies and not talk about this book. Um, I read this book in one sitting and it was so good. It was my first attempt by this or my first book that I read by this author. And so this, this is about Imani Santiago. She's a high school senior and she has a two-year-old daughter to take care of. She was not raised by her parents. She lives with her abuela. Um, and her abuela is very supportive to her. Um, but, you know, she's a high school senior and she also works to take care of her daughter. And, you know, since she's she was a mother at such a young age, she learned very early how to make tough decisions and do what needs to be done to get by. But the only place where she can let herself go and forget about her responsibilities and everything that is on her shoulders is when she's in the kitchen because she likes to add magical things to what she cooks and turns her food into a straight of goodness, like she says. But she knows she doesn't have enough. She's very worried about going to college. Actually, she, she wants to just get a job because even though her dream would be to go to culinary school and make this chef thing a reality, she knows that she doesn't have the money, first of all, or you know, en enough for going to school and taking care of her daughter because if she goes, you know, she's always going to pick that first. But once Imani really starts cooking, her only choice is to let her talent break free. So this is With the Fire on High by Elizabeth Acevedo. And I just can't say enough good things about this book I know I don't do it justice but we've got so many recipes culinary arts classes going uh we have different foods from different countries mentioned and lots of chefs fighting or cooks rather and it's, uh, it's just yes. such a good book such a good book um I enjoyed it immensely I've enjoyed everything by this author but I have to say that this is probably my favorite of all of the books that I've read I love I'm glad that you uh talked about this one because I feel like there are some really great young adult books with like the food theme so I'm glad that we we have one here yes young adults cook well and I love reading books like with food from different cultures and and mm -hmm. learning different recipes and um I'm not a young adult person but I may have to put this on my TBR Every once in a while, my friends, you discover an author and you read a book and you fall in love with the author. You fall in love with her words. You want to be her best friend. You want to read everything she's ever written in your life, in her life. And that's what happened when I picked up Accidentally Engaged by Farrah Heron. And I have to say that Shannon has been recommending this author on and off for quite a while. She talked about the chai factor at least once on an episode and I've been wanting to read it, but I, I like to read an audio and it wasn't an audio yet, but accidentally engaged was. So I grabbed it for the food episode and accidentally engaged is in my mind, everything perfect about a book. It's about a woman named Rena. Rena works in a boring finance job to make her family happy. She has very traditional Indian parents who want very specific things for her. They want her to, you know, work in a job. Actually, they would really like it if she would work in the family business. Rena does not want to work in the family business. No, thank you. So she compromises with them 
by working a boring finance job in retail. But her true passion, her true passion is making bread and cooking other foods. And she gently- I love bread. I know. And she lovingly tends her bread starters, Brian and Sue. She names them because they're like her children. Look, the mm-hmm. bread starters have names. Yes, Brian and Sue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And she is... <laughs> so, Rena's living her life. She's living her humdrum work life. And then she's at home tending to her beloved starters and baking and cooking and not writing the blog, the food blog that used to bring her so much joy. She was Ooh. supposed to write a cookbook. And for reasons that I will not get into, that deal fell through. Sad. And Rena one day is coming out of her apartment with some bread that she's going to take upstairs to her best friend's apartment and runs into her new neighbor who is like sex on feet. She thinks he's like the most <laughs> gorgeous thing on the planet. Yeah, that's what I said. And what he sees is a woman with beautiful feet and a big bag of bread. And he starts hitting on her right away. Until he finds out, until he finds out that this is the daughter of the man he just started working for. The daughter that her father and his father agreed would be a good wife for him. Oh. Now, Nadim is is his name, and he's not sure what he thinks about that. And Rena is positive what she thinks about that. It's a giant hell no. And so she avoids her neighbor, although he is very into her baking and her bread and the smells coming out of her apartment and seeing her in her bare feet. He just thinks she is pretty fabulous. And so she's kind of living her boring life and cooking her bread, baking her bread. And she finds out through a friend that there is a cooking competition where you submit videos, five-minute videos of yourself making different things. And if you win the grand prize you will get a $10,000 scholarship to this cooking institute. And Rena really wants the scholarship because there's an artisan bread class that she would really like to take to kind of help her get through the monotony that is her boring finance life. Now, the only catch here, everyone, is that she needs to have, it needs to be a couple, a family. And she decides that what's going to happen is she's going to be She's going to pretend to be engaged to the man with whom her parents wishes she could be actually engaged. And together, they are going to make these smoking hot cooking videos where we're not sure what is more delectable, what's more delicious, what's more enticing, the food that she's preparing or the on-screen chemistry between Rena and Nadim. And as they do these videos together and get to know each other, and he starts baking bread on his own, they start to wonder, is this really like such a horrible thing to maybe like have this relationship? This book is a lot about family, really convoluted dynamics of a family where the culture is to protect the family and keep your secrets and make the family look good at all costs. You know, even even if that's at the cost of your happiness. It's about the odd, uncomfortable sort of dynamic between sisters who have been pitted against each other all their lives and the big brother who is perfect because he has the perfect Indian wife. Oh, and P.S. They're going to have twins. And this book is about friendship and love and romance. It's romance among friends. It's romance that's really smoking hot between Rena and Nadim. And it's the romance of food. The way that this author wrote about something as simple as a piece of warm homemade bread topped with brie and thinly sliced plum topped with honey. I was like dying. I want, I just, I loved everything about this book. Um, you need to rush out and read it like ASAP, because if you like romance, you'll love this. If you love food, you'll love this. If you like stories with heart and depth and family dynamics and strong friendships, you'll love this book. Please go and read Accidentally Engaged by Farrah Heron as soon as possible. 
<laughs> I feel like the the chai factor, um, which was her debut, was just like so warm and delightful. And I really hope that it comes to audio or that like somehow it gets more attention because she is so so phenomenal as a writer. I just I read that one and um, it's called Words Fighting For. It's by Molly O'Keefe. It was one of the first ones I've ever read by her. Um, it's about a guy who is just about to meet his father and his brothers. And there's a lot of backstory about the pain he suffers and the forgiving of his mother um, for keeping this all a secret. So he... Um, goes to the inn and he runs into this organic grocer farmer person literally and (laughs) and he decides well I need to have her in my life but now I gotta go through all these obstacles of forgiving people and and coming terms with my past do I really want to do that is she worth it and he decides she is. So I will save her the rest of it because it's pretty steamy. Molly O'Keefe can be very steamy. <laughs> I have heard this about her. That yeah. like and her <laughs> sex is uh yeah. is pretty and it's hot. Very, and, yes. And her and the narrators are off really awesome. Um it's an audio <laughs> now. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. So is, um, one more last chance is also in um, audio. Reread. Oh, I love Molly O'Keefe so much, and I loved this yeah. series. Um, yes, I love how like the building of the restaurant is like the backdrop of. It's actually a trilogy, and I love yeah, it. It was great. I read it on an airplane actually. <laughs> yeah, I read this one, and then I read um. One last chance, one more last chance by her, and it has it's a chef and a bartender. Can you um, Ooh. like finish it off with the title and series name and all that? Yeah, I can. It is um, worth fighting for. Is by Molly O'Keefe. It's a, it can be a standalone, and it's also part of a trilogy. So I don't have always a lot of patience for rom-coms right I just don't um there's something about funny books that more often than not don't work for me and I just sort of like roll my eyes and sigh and say like (laughs) why are people so stupid but (laughs) that's also a problem that I have um but I have come over the past year or so to find that there are actually some rom-coms that are smart and are funny in a way that I, I can appreciate. So I want to talk about Act Your Age, Eve Brown. It is the third in the Brown Sisters series by Talia Hibbert. Um, I think my favorite in the series is still Take a Hint, Danny Brown, um, because I really love the whole like fake relationship theme here. But Eve Brown is, is just delightful from start to finish. So Eve is the youngest of the Brown sisters, and she's always been, like in her words, a bit of a mess. Um, She moves from job to job because she never really quite wants to commit to anything, or when she does commit to something, it goes sideways in like really dramatic, sort of terrible ways. (laughs) So she's really been struggling to kind of figure out what her place is in the world. And finally, her parents have had enough of this. They say, like, you're an adult, you need to do something and stick with it and actually, like, get your life together. So she's kind of offended by this and she feels bad. She feels like her parents are always down on her. She's not as good as Danny and Chloe, her sisters. And so she drives off kind of in a huff and she doesn't really know where she's going to go. And so she's just like driving around, I guess, as you do, if you can drive a car. 
And she sees this bed and breakfast that's hiring for like a cook position. And she decides all of a sudden, which is something that Eve is very good at doing, that she is going to apply for this job. She knows nothing about it, but it's fine. Like she likes to cook. She's going to apply for this job. So she goes in and she talks to the owner whose name is Jacob. And Jacob is on the autism spectrum. He wants everything to be done a certain way. He's very like buttoned up and very routine oriented. And he really has no patience for Eve and her sort of like flighty way of dealing with life. She doesn't have her resume. She sort of makes up like experiences that she's had cooking and he's just like, no way. You are not working here. You're going to like run my business into the ground. This is the most terrible thing ever. Go away. So she does. But before she can actually pull out, she hits him with her car. And he now has a broken arm. And his bed and breakfast is understaffed. He can't really do all the things he needs to do in order to keep the place up since his one arm is out of commission. And Eve is now desperate to make this right. So she just sort of moves into the bed and breakfast. She starts staying in his spare bedroom. She sort of hires herself as like the interim cook. And she just begins to completely turn his life upside down. And it is magical in so many ways. I Neither really now. Yes, I really do. I have like, to read the first two first. I don't think so. no. I mean, kind of. If you want to know, <gasps> like about Fine, Danny no. and Chloe, but I yeah, really you don't have necessary. to. I must. It's, it, my brain can't. I'd it's be like magical to to watch Eve really begin to come into her own and to understand that you don't necessarily have to be like an academic, like her sister, Danny, or, you know, super creative, like Chloe, you just, as long as you're doing the things in life that bring you joy, and you're not, you know, setting out to hurt people, um, you're okay. But it's a, it's a long road for Eve before she can fully understand this. And I really, really enjoyed the journey. I loved hearing about her just like learning who she is and, like embracing her talent in the kitchen. Um, it's just a really, really stellar book. And I highly recommend Talia Hibbert just in general. But for oh, this agreed. episode, I recommend uh-huh. Act the same age. narrator. No. Act Your yes. Age, Eve Brown, The Brown Sisters, book three by Talia Hibbert. I love this book. I read it a couple months ago and just it was like yes. happiness so from start to finish. And Where have I been? I don't know. Not on the Talia Hibbert train, I, apparently. I have to admit that um, I, before knowing that the narrator was um, in the, um, the narrator for Chloe Brown was who she was. Um, I had trouble. Oh, in the Bridgertons? Yes. Bridgertons, oh. yeah. I, I had trouble. And so I skipped that one. And then I started Danny's book and... Then something else came out that I wanted to read. So I skipped that one. So Natalia, I read them out of order and it was fine. Um, But, you know, I'm not somebody that follows that rule, but I really loved Eve Brown and I loved her journey in this book. And God, did I love Jacob? I know. Jacob is wonderful. (laughs) Well, so this author just came out with a book. I think it was last week and I loved it so much, so much, so much that I am just in a Susan Mallory kick. I, I just... I haven't decided what book I'm going to read next by her, um, but I, I've just been really comforted, I guess, by her writing style and her family and friendship and all the things that she's been writing. The book from last week was called Stepsisters or The Stepsisters, mm-hmm. um, but that's not a foodie book. I was just mentioning it, mentioning it because if I was listening, I'd be like, oh, what book was it? But the book we're going to talk about today about foodies is book one in the Buchanan series. It's called Delicious by Susan Mallory and this book is about Penny she is a really great chef and for a reason that I will not disclose she is looking for a job 
Now, Penny has always wanted to be a mom. And it just never worked for her because of life circumstance. She decided to go the AI route, artificial insemination. And now she's pregnant and she's going to have a baby by herself. But this great opportunity for a once top of the line, now failing Seattle restaurant comes up for her. Uh, The restaurant is called Waterfront. I have to say, I love the name. But there's a problem with this restaurant. And the problem is, that the person that would be hiring her is Cal Buchanan. Uh, Cal Buchanan is her ex-husband. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> yes. I, I, yeah, I'm, and Cal knows that he needs to hire the top chef because that's the only thing that's going to help his failing restaurant. But it's the top chef that he knows is his ex-wife, Penny Jackson. And meanwhile, Penny really needs this opportunity, but she just doesn't need the distraction of working with her ex. I mean, she's, you know, as I said before, she's having a baby by herself. She's not even interested in romance. She's, you know, doing her thing. But before she knows it, the heat is on and the attraction between her and Cal moves from a low simmer to a full boil. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, you'd think that the rest would be easy as pie, but there's a secret, a really big secret in Cal's past. And I actually know the secret. I remember the secret because that's how much I love the series that I read this, these books a long time ago, but um, it's, really huge and well it could spoil everything so i guess to find out if too many cooks spoil the broth or maybe two is in fact enough to make it irresistible i would suggest that you read book one in the buchanan series by susan mallory delicious and of course, continue and read the other three books in the series because they are about the family and the restaurant that they own and foodies and friendship and redemption. And oh, they are just awesome. They were actually my first experience with Susan Mallory. I didn't even know who she was. Awesome. I have never read Susan Mallory. And that is what? like, yeah. Oh, that is my my problem. I think I need to need to remedy that. So friends, you know, I just talked about with um, discovering Farrah Heron and how much I loved her. And, you know, I, I didn't think that I could say twice in one episode that I found an author that was such a happy surprise. And this time it's so true because a few months ago I talked about a Tiff Marcello book in an episode um, North to you. And I'm talking about the third in the trilogy tonight in the Journey of the Heart books. And this is West Coast Love, again by Tiff Marcello. And there was so much to love about this book. So much. This book is about Victoria. Victoria has been doing social media for years for her family's Filipino restaurant. And also for um, the cooking school that was started by her sister. And... Victoria writes a, a food blog. Um, she's just this very young and vibrant girl, but she's also kind of, you know, trying to figure out like, who is she within her family and, you know, what direction does she want to go in, in her life? And Victoria recently had a really upsetting experience. She met a man online and fell in love and was totally catfished. Oh, no. And so now she's back home, kind of like licking her wounds and trying to figure out like, you know, what the hell does she do next? How does she sort of pick up the pieces and move on? She hasn't been able to write in her blog. She's just sort of a hot mess. Then she runs into Joel and she knows Joel because Joel was the camera guy in um, for the cooking school when they were doing a documentary, a, a reality show at the cooking school. And They run into each other a couple times and, you know, sparks fly. He's kind of hot. Actually, he's extremely hot. And, you know, Joel's sort of at a a crossroads as well in his life. He loves doing work behind the camera, but he wants something more. And Victoria decides that she's going to go. She, uh, 
she was invited to audition to be the host of um, a show called West Coast Love. And so she goes to Vegas to audition. And she goes and she auditions. Well, what she doesn't know when she sees Joel in Vegas is that he went to Vegas to audition. They decided not to talk about anything at all. They were just going to have a casual night of smoking (laughs) hot release. And so (laughs) they both leave, you know, and Victoria is invited to be the host of West Coast Love. And Joel, who auditioned to be the host, was asked if he would be the cameraman. Uh-oh. So already oh. as this starts, there's going to be these weird, conflicted feelings. Now, Joel, the cameraman, and Victoria, the host, and the rest of their small crew will spend... Oh, and, and when, when Victoria accepted the offer of host, she had no idea what type of food show she was going to be doing. And only after she accepted did she find out that what she'd be doing was traveling the California coast and and covering eight days of barbecue festivals. Oh. Victoria (laughs) hates barbecue. Me too. Hates it. Hates it, hates it, hates it. Me too. It's gotta be good. Well, and yet somehow she has to figure out how to eat this stuff. You haven't had soul food yet, Shannon. Well, (laughs) I want barbecue chips now. (laughs) (laughs) somehow victoria has to figure out how to turn her hatred of barbecue into enthusing about it on a show and she buys a book you know beginners to barbecue or intro to barbecue or something and she's trying to learn i love this oh my god so and and all these people are going to be traveling down the coast in this rickety rv together because oh. that's what's going to happen. So they're going to be in close quarters. If they're not sleeping in the RV, they're going to be sleeping in these like little two-man pop-up tents like and, and going and traveling oh, yeah. for eight days as this close little family. Ugh. So Joel feels a considerable amount of animosity because not only did he not get the job that he wanted, but it was given to this woman who, A, you know, is young and sort of like hasn't been part of this industry before, and B freaking hates barbecue and he's just like what the hell and so you kind of get this little like i mean they they've already had their one night stand but now there's kind of like this like enemies vibe well as they travel together they get to know each other a little bit more they get to be a little bit more open with each other and the network notices their on-screen chemistry and ups the stakes by saying you guys are both amazing And we think that we're going to have you compete to see who's going to be the host of our next food show. Oh, Lord. And so as they're trying to (laughs) fall in love, they have to see, like, what is more important? Like, you know, procuring something to do, you know, procuring their next sort of option for, you know, their professional lives. Or will they explore this new and fragile love that is blossoming between them? So this book is a lot about food. It's a lot about you know, the dynamics of being, you know, it's like forced proximity trope, which is great. Um, There's a lot of amazing descriptions. I'm not a huge barbecue person myself. Um, But the way, well, (laughs) but the way that Tiff Marcello describes (laughs) barbecue made it sound really delicious. Oh, yeah. So it was, it just was really well-written all the descriptions of the different types of meat and the different sides that accompany it, the different sauces you could use, the variations of like what type of use would you use for cooking your barbecue? I mean, just all this different stuff. It was very fascinating to me. This book is also about really um, sort of intense family dynamics. Um, It's about where you fit in your family, where you fit in your life. It's about learning how to let go in order to start over. It was just a really, really wonderful, lovely, lovely book um, with two just really interesting characters who both are sort of on their own journeys as they journey down the coast of California. They're also on sort of personal journeys as well. And I loved it so much. Um, Again, it is West Coast Love, Journey of the Heart, Number three by Tiff Marcello. Please read the series, you guys. Like it is so, so good. 
I was looking forward to Victoria's story since the first. As soon oh, as she I comes know. up in, in in North to you, in when, uh, what is it called? When North she's to you. All the, like, to you. Things, like in the social I media. I know, and she's being like so mean. Yeah, I but love- I'm like, no, no, she has to have her story. Yeah, yeah. And and I love, I love the second book too. It's just the whole series is so foodie, and and each book is different, but there's so much amazing, amazing oh. cuisine. So, my last book, because I didn't want to give us a downer. With Vanilla Bean Murder by Summer Prescott. I chose oh. <laughs> Wallbanger by Alice Clayton. It's oh. her cocktail collection. And book one is oh called Oh my God. I love Wallbanger. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it tells the story of Caroline who moves into this beautiful apartment. And she brings her cat, Clive. That's Courtney's climbing in my lap. (laughs) And she is all covered up and she's taking this wonderful bath. And then she falls asleep and she gets waking up by thumps and a lot of, oh, God. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Meow. So she wakes up and she's like, what the heck is going on? I don't even know where I am. So (laughs) she realizes because the cat's going ballistic as well. And he's looking around and butting her, trying to get her to help him figure out what's going on. And she realizes it's her neighbor next door, getting it on with a girl. And then this continues for a couple nights where she wakes up because he's getting busy with somebody. And she finally decides to confront him. And he's just kind of nonchalantly winking at her and being all sly and like he doesn't know what she's talking about. And then they come together. And the rest of the book is focused on them and their relationship and how they fall in love. It's Wild Blank Banger, book one by Alex, Alice Clayton. I had to play Alex. Is she a a personal chef or is that her job? She's She's an interior decorator and he's like a photographer and he does bartending on the side (laughs) so she but then like she continues into yeah it is rusty now yeah okay the next book is about caroline and simon and then the third Mm -hmm. book is which is my favorite Mm -hmm. is about another couple and the fourth and then the there's like a novella that's about them again the couple novellas yeah Uh, such a great series i like is there food (laughs) Yes, it's more mostly beverage, but more, more beverages than adult else. soda. <laughs> so Melissa didn't want to bring us down with her last book, but it's sort of my <laughs> of specialty to bring us down. So that is what I'm doing. So let's get ready to be like really, really serious and and complex. Ooh, dun, dun, dun. my last book today is a debut it was released actually on june 1st yay or was it it was either released june 1st or may 25th may 25th i think anyway this is cheat day by liv stratman and it's more kind of on the women's fiction end of the spectrum i would say And it's pretty timely because I think we all know people who message us on Facebook and say, hey, you know, I'm doing this new cleanse. Um, I really, you know, I'm looking for people to do it with me. Um, And our heroine, whose name is Kit, is always trying to find like the one, the one diet, the one food program, the one exercise regime that's going to make her feel better about herself and her life. She feels Hmm. in so many ways like she has failed herself. Um, She has a job. She works for her sister as a bakery manager, 
but randomly she just decides like she's going to quit this job a bunch of times and of course she always comes back and she kind of hates herself for it she hates that she can't like settle into her life and be happy and so she's always looking for the right combination of food and exercise to make her feel better but of course like nothing can do that except her and she doesn't she doesn't quite get that so she starts on this regimen called the radiant regimen and it's pretty like simplistic in its description but it begins to consume her life and as she's struggling to meet all of the criteria for this regimen she's kind of losing herself bit by bit and she starts to have an affair and it's this like really intense affair that she never really would have considered having except she's so just out of sorts with everything that it's like the one thing right now that makes her happy. Only along with making her happy, it also makes her feel kind of guilty because she really does love her husband. At least she thinks she does. Like nothing, nothing feels right for Kit anymore. And as the story goes on, we see sort of how her life is imploding bit by bit as she is sort of looking for that external thing to turn things around for her. And finally, everything comes to a head. And the question is kind of, you know, can she learn to be happy with herself and to deal with her insecurities like in herself without looking to a food regimen or an exercise plan to sort of, you know, help her out of it. I'm not normally a fan of cheating books, especially in romance. I feel like that's just not, not something I like. But I feel like here, it really illustrates exactly the emotional turmoil that Kit has been like dipping in and out of all of her life. And the, the affair is sort of the... I don't know, like the catalyst to make her see that she really does need to make some serious changes in the way she um, approaches the world. I would say if you're someone who struggles with disordered eating, um, as I do and have and probably always will, um, it can be a little bit a little bit tricky in places because there's so much emphasis on food and calories and what you should eat versus what you shouldn't. There's a lot of food shaming that Kit does of herself. And sometimes that can be hard to read. However, I feel like Stratman does a really good job of looking into the wellness industry and kind of how it, it plays with women's self-image and feelings of self-worth. And also how our society kind of allows food to have such a huge pivotal role in the lives of women. So this is Cheat Day and it's by Liv Stratman. And I loved it a lot, especially if you're looking for kind of a, a deeper, like thought provoking read. So I, when you texted me about this book, I thought you were calling it Cheat Date. No, <laughs> Cheat Day. Cheat Day, that makes more sense. Dictation <laughs> might have called it dictation. Cheat Date because dictation is an asshole. But, um, <laughs> but no, it's cheat day because she's always looking for like looking. a day that she can yeah. cheat on her program. The cheat day. Exactly. Yes. And I, I, um, I really, I don't know if I could read this book because I, I, I am a little uncomfortable with, uh, cheating books and not about cheating on your diet. I mean, cheating in a relationship, yes. but on the other hand, you know, I am somebody that has really, um, struggled through the years with the wellness industry and tried a lot of different wellness programs. And I'm always looking for like the right external thing. And so I think that this book would be a really timely, good book for me on one hand, but I don't want to read about, it. I don't know if I like the cheating part, but I, it's, it's insightful. I think some books cheating, resonate. I think that cheating sort of shows you like, this is sort of like the last line, you know, that she never really thought she'd cross. Uh -huh. And then she's just like so unhappy with herself and her job and her life. And she just like can't get it together until she kind of has this like extra impetus with 
with the affair. And I feel like that, so it, it doesn't, how do I say, it doesn't glorify cheating. Like it doesn't, you don't end the book thinking that like she thinks this was a good idea. Um, but it does talk about sort of what, like what led her to it and sort of what it caused her to learn about herself. So the last book I'm going to talk about is The Opposite of You by Rachel Higginson, Opposites Attract, book one. Uh, This book, the whole series is about different chefs doing different things, which I love. And this especially is my catnip. Food truck, check. Enemies to lovers, check, check, check. Also, different foods mixed together, like, you know. Different, you know, tuskegee sauce with French fries, like fusion kind of sauce with French fries. Fusion, that's the word. Yes, that's the word I'm looking for. Fusion, check everything. Everything I love. I actually found this book while browsing the library catalog because it was late at night and I know what to what I wanted to read. And I started it and I stayed up like half the night. So I'm sure we've all been to that point where we said we have sworn off love, right, forever, because we get hurt and we get mad and we have bad experiences you know those are kind of our famous last words and this is the truth for vera who has escaped a traumatic abusive relationship that she was in for three years by working her way across europe in different i guess food places restaurants and things like that sleeping in hotels and saving money in order to be able to come back home because yes she has a supportive family but she didn't want them to know her struggle. So Vera gets back home and her brother gives her the opportunity. He has his own store and he gives her the opportunity to use his parking lot to run her food truck business because she kind of doesn't, even though she has a really expensive and prestigious culinary degree, she doesn't want to go to the restaurant lifestyle. She kind of wants to cater to the late night crowd. And so she opens her food truck business, except Right across the street from her food truck business, there is a five-star, you know, Michelin restaurant run by none other than head chef Killian. And Killian is, you know, the first one to come out and look at the food truck that Vera is offering. And... I guess they don't get off to a good start. And now Vera wants to prove to him that her street food is way better than his fussy five-star monstrosity. (laughs) Because, you know, Killian Quinn, he might be number one in the industry of food and wine. He might have a Michelin star. He might have every food and the critic in the city wrapped around his little finger. But he's also pretentious unbearably arrogant and the very opposite of everything that Vera wants is in a man so he can keep his unsolicited advice he can keep his late night visits to himself and his cocky smiles because Vera wants none of it she wants the opposite which is no love no life so this is the opposite of you Opposites Attract, book one by Rachel Higginson. So good. Stacy, this is your kind of book. I don't know know. how you haven't read this. It's on my TBR. This is so Stacy. It's in plus, Stacy. It's what? It's in plus. Oh, it is? Uh Uh-huh. Oh. All right. So this brings us to the end of our very delicious food episode. Thank you to Melissa Natalia and Stacy for talking about such great books with me tonight. Thanks always goes out to Christine for her fantastic editing, especially as Zoom continues to be a bit cantankerous. <laughs> and thank you so much to each and every one of you who joins us as we talk about fantastic books.
If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody.